Technorama episode 686, It's Impossible to Put Down. Hello and welcome to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are coming back, even if it's been on a hiatus and you haven't been here for, oh, about 16 years, welcome back. We appreciate you giving us your time. My name is, I wasn't aimed at anybody. <laughs> no, I just thought it was funny. You said, yeah, well, uh, anyway, never mind. We've been doing this for about 18, so why not? Yeah. My yep. name is Chuck Tomasi from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and joining me as always is Craig Stepp. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Actually, I'm feeling a lot better. You sound better. Oh, good, because I, I was getting worried there for a little while. Now, I think uh, allergy season's kind of settling in now, which is great. Something else. You know, just pile it on, right? You can come live here. <laughs> you don't have any foliage, foliage or anything. Well, we have a lot of dust. Yeah. A lot of desert dust. A lot of dust. So you wipe off the table, two days later, it's dusty again. Like, I can't I put my laptop on that. You hear this telling, crunchy, scratchy sand on the table as you're going, no, no. Right. I was telling somebody about your yard. I said it looked like one of those Japanese uh, Zen gardens. You Not see quite. the little rake. You know, <laughs> the front yard, maybe, with those little teeny little rocks. But the right, that's what I'm talking about. Rocks. Yeah. yeah. You need to get one of those little wooden rakes and go out there. And and then you get then you turn into the engineers on lower decks, and you're making a circuit before you know it. It's like, yeah. stop it's working! Not... No, stop! <laughs> uh, the show title, it's impossible to put down. I challenge that because a lot of people have put this show down before. So, do we need one of these? <laughs> Hey, yeah, there's your stand-up you. routine for the night. Yeah, we're all week. Tip your server, but make sure you make a backup first, because, you know, once you tip your server, you can't rely on it anymore. Yeah. Hey, that's two in a row. It's better when you don't explain the joke. <laughs> I like the one that uh, Clinton had for Statler and Waldorf. He said, this must be a medium show. Medium, yeah. why? Because it's neither rare nor well done. <laughs> Actually, you know what I thought uh, for our combined show next year because yeah, we'll, we'll have yes. our board meeting and discuss that later but i thought we all should write a uh a stand-up routine that could happen yeah i i, well, I kind of liked that script reading thing that happened this time script reading oh we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it some other time it's uh <laughs> let's let's get into our feedback though we got a lot of stuff on this show Whew. all right yeah let's strap in ladies and gentlemen where's our hmm. feedback music there it is Letters. Every day. Did we say letters? Mail person. Mail person. A letter. I love those letters. Let's find out what you got to say. If you love them so much, why don't you marry them? I'm sorry. Did they mention letters in there? No, they did not. That was your imagination. Okay. All right, let's get into our question of the week from last time. Sorry about this. We posted it to social media a little bit late. We asked it on time on the last question. What movie has the greatest plot twist of all time? And we got one from Mad Mar via email. He says, for the biggest twist of popular movies, it has to be, Luke, I am your father. It's like, yeah, that was a pretty good one. I go right there. Among the niche films, I'd pick the twist from The Man from Earth. The main character is a 14,000-year-old caveman who... 
somehow lived to present day. Oh, that's an Encinito man, Encinas man, whatever it was called. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Encino man? <laughs> uh, we also got a message here. For, oh, well, we'll save that one for the end. Hold on. Let's go through the rest of these on Facebook that we can find. And Facebook says, uh, John Miller Jr. says, seven, what's in the box? Oh, yeah. Did you, did you ever I'm see that movie? I have to go back and watch that. I don't know if I saw the, all the, the whole movie of that. Oh, And I okay. might be mixing it up with something else. All right. Yeah, well, I won't spoil it here. Mike Robeson says, signs, just kidding. The Sixth Sense was pretty good for just first watching. Yeah, I'd say that was good, too. Like That was, a, a, I didn't a good, see it coming, for yep. sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like, oh. Now it's kind of like, uh, I already know. He's dead. Spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> Uh, does Luke and Leah being spoiler brother and sister count? That's in that same vein. And then mm-hmm. Sweet Steve says, I would say the others from 2001, Blade Runner director's cut, and when they insinuate that Deckard is an android as well. Mm-hmm. Did we ever find out if he was or not? Um, trying to remember uh, Blade Runner, the newer Blade Runner. I don't remember. And then he says, don't forget the no. sixth sense. Well, yeah, there's, it kind of explains it a little bit. Yeah, there were there were a couple movies that I, I'm trying to remember, but you know, where you get to the end and go, what? Didn't see that coming. So that's what we were looking for. What? Khan was the father of David? Oh, didn't see that twist coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I also have an interesting email. I'm not sure what it's about. It came to me via email. I'm throwing it in here just to give a shout out to Bonnie and Hank. I have no idea who Bonnie and Hank are. It says, hi, Chuck. This is Bonnie Todd with an update. I don't know what this update is about. The good news. The motor is finally connected. Had to wait for help and it works. The old motor will be shipped, but we can't retract the arm stuck all the way out. So need to find another box that fits it. What are they talking about? I have no idea. This is the best <laughs> part. You just have to use your imagination. There's a question yeah. at the end. It says, the louvers don't like exactly, maybe it's don't lie exactly flat once the new motor no. is in. They did before. Any hints how to make the louvers lie flat? Thanks, Bonnie and Hank. <laughs> I don't know if this is some <laughs> bad fishing attempt or what. <laughs> I, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm scratching my head going, louvers, motor. I have no idea, but what's your last name? Bonnie and Hank. What? Bonnie, uh, Todd. Bonnie Todd. Yeah, he's just gonna Google Bonnie and Hank Todd. Yeah, they probably thing. do like restoration of something. But how do you get an email like that screwed up? Oh, it's, I think it's one of the one. Hank Todd is one of the guys from The Deadliest Catch. <laughs> I don't think that's the same guy here. Yeah, no, it's not Hank Hill either. I don't need any right. propane or propane products. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's interesting, huh? Yeah. You going to reply to it? I did not reply. I thought it would be fun just to, to, to kick it around, but, you know, like like an old can just kicking around. Go, well, actually, the, well, when we when the, we used that we service a long time ago, k7.net. Yeah. You know, uh I remember I was at work and I got an email, a personal email, and look, and it said it was a fax because that service would Right, right. Uh, it was originally it a fax, fax service. Fax. Yeah. Yeah, it was a fax and voicemail service. And so it was a uh, a fax for um, a prescription to a pharmacy in San Francisco. So I actually called them and, and told them, you know, because uh, 
I didn't want somebody to not get something. So anyway, I I sure hope they can find a box, you know, because they can't retract the arm. I, maybe they made a robot louvers. You need to reply and say, send pictures, please. We've got a motor repaired. The arm won't retract and the louvers don't lie flat. I'm not sure I'd trust these people even if I did hire them. I would reply to it and ask, I need some pictures, please. (laughs) (laughs) Send pictures. That means I can help. There you go. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't picture what you're doing. So thank you, Bonnie and Hank. This was like a week ago. I should probably just let it go. Although I found out what happens if you don't reply to emails too quickly, you lose an opportunity. Ugh, sometimes. Hey, we could have been looking at pictures of something with louvers and an arm. <laughs> it's got to be like yeah, some, we'll never know. some yeah. robotic something or other. I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the curiosity isn't enough for me to even respond to that, but I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for the voicemail. We'll have another question for you at the end of the show. Dig with us. To get that marching band out and march right into on this day in history for September 21st, 2021. It's the 264th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 101 days remaining in 2022. Okay. Yeah, and spring is tomorrow by the time you're listening That's to this. That's not coincidental. Uh, it was on this date in 1942 that the Boeing B 29 Super Fortress made its maiden flight. And the Northern American XB-70 Valkyrie, the world's fastest bomber, made its maiden flight. Also, from Palmdale, California, on this date in 1964. That was a cool plane. The Discovery Channel used to have a show called Wings, where they showed you know, the X-15 and the XB-70 and yeah. how all these things came. Hey, that was a I'm cool sorry. one. I messed up. Actually, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I heard tomorrow you say spring. You fall. never know. People could be listening to this podcast in a few months. It's not like... Yes. Well, yeah. spring for the Aussies and the Kiwis. Sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah I'll go with, with that. that. I stopped using se- uh, seasons. Yeah, when Michelle, that that's what stuff. I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> On September 21st, 2003, the Galileo spacecraft was terminated by sending mm. it into Jupiter's atmosphere. Wow. seems like that just happened. Happy birthday goes out in this day to French scholar and academic Guillaume Fichette. Born on this date in 1433. A Canadian explorer, Louis Jolette, was born 377 years ago today. Heike Kamberling Onus, the Dutch <laughs> physicist and academic. Nobel Prize laureate was born on this date. Wait, they get better. <laughs> uh, same, 1853. All right. And French-Tunisian microbiologist and academic, Nobel Prize laureate, Charles Nicole was born 156 years ago today. Hang on, people. It's coming. Born September 21st, 1866, English novelist, historian, and critic H.G. Wells. And also English composer and educator Gustav Holst was born on this date in 1874. I put him in because he had that series of songs called The Planets. And we'll be talking more about oh, Planets yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. And if you listen to like that, that music... And mm-hmm. Star Trek, like Mars and Jupiter, man. I swear, Alexander Courage kind of was inspired by Gustav Holst. Cool. Anyway, where are we? Born September 21st, 1884, the Hungarian mathematician and theorist Dennis Koenig. And also Chuck Jones, the American animator, producer, screenwriter. He was born 110 years ago. Oh, my gosh. A lot of Bugs Bunny yeah. cartoons. 
Oh, among others, Roadrunner, uh, yeah. yeah, you name it. English mathematician and academic Phyllis Nicholson was born 105 years ago today. And John Goffman, uh, the American physicist, chemist, biologist, was born 104 years ago today. He's um, celebrating, I'm sure. American author and screenwriter Stephen King is 75. <laughs> And also born on that same date in 1950, American actor, comedian, producer, and screenwriter, Bill Murray. American engineer and astronaut Richard Hybe, born on this date in 1955. And also turning 54 today is British mathematician Kevin Buzzard. Wow, I think we got through that pretty easily. I thought I was like, where are the names you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, we had something I thought I had to practice for. Maybe that oh, was last here's week. Here's one. Here's a tough one. Uh, listener birthdays. Dean Jensen <laughs> on the 21st. On the 22nd, Matthew yeah. Jarks. And Brett from Wales is has his birthday on the 26th of September. Happy birthday to all of you. If it's your sure. birthday this week, and we didn't call your name out, we wish you a happy birthday as well. If you'd like to get your name called out, Craig's going to put a link on the screen right there. Boom. Oop. For the birthday people, chuckchat.com slash birthday is where you can go to get your name on the calendar. We've had a few entries recently. Thank you very much. We'll get to your birthday when it's the appropriate time of year and give you a shout out. Some people are even putting odd other events in there, but uh, try to keep it birthday related. Chuck's iPod. Yeah. Elvis. That's right. Steve Wozniak. There's, There's a few. All right. That's the way it was on this day in history for September 21st, 2022. I think we already gave that advertisement of how to get your name on the calendar. So, goodbye, marching band. I want to stay, stay, no. stay. Oh, wrong show. <laughs> yeah. Wrong show. Man. All right, into the news, random button. Good news, everyone. Well, that was a good one to hit randomly. Uh, lots of strange things about Saturn can be explained by a destroyed moon. So, we all know Saturn. Oh, we're going to destroy a moon? That's no moon. <laughs> Oh, I thought they were proposing something. <laughs> Destroying the Death Star. <coughs> right. Uh, the you know, We're all familiar that Saturn has those beautiful rings around it. We've known this for several hundreds of years. Uh, but they're not, uh, uh, the, the speculation has always been, well, a moon broke up and created the rings. But what they couldn't figure out is why Saturn has this 25 degree wobble to its axis. Now we've got a 23 and a half degree, but it, it's more of a precession. So it's like a top that spins around on Earth. Saturn does things a little bit differently. And, and they've been using models and models on models and models on models on models, lots of mathematical models. And what they believe they've come up with is, is Saturn is in resonance with Neptune. What that means in terms of gravity and whatnot is beyond my comprehension, but that's what they say in the article, and uh, they it's not exactly in resonance, though. It's like 99% there, which doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, they also know that the rings are a lot newer than the planet, our solar system being about four, four and a half billion years old. These uh, rings are estimated around 100 million years old. So what they did is they put together some models that get it pretty darn close. They said at one time, Saturn was doing its thing and you've got big moons like Titan and Iapetus. And there was a third moon that they called Chrysalis. And Chrysalis was, I believe, halfway to Titan. Well, Titan is moving away and that disrupted the orbit of Chrysalis. And in some models, they said about, in some models, it went 
flinging out of the into interplanetary space. In mm -hmm. other models, it, you know, it, 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 it said about 5% of the models, it crashed into the atmosphere of Saturn, breaking it up. Much of the material was sucked into the planet, but a lot of it became the rings. That in turn, uh, for a while, when, when, when Chrysalis was there, it was in resonance with Neptune. And okay. then when it crashed in and the rings started to form, that's when it started to get out of sync. So that's kind of where that 1% error comes from. So interesting stuff about how they're using mathematics and theories and models to figure all this stuff out. Me, I just and like There was that one model where the Death Star came in, destroyed the moon and took off. That's no moon. So, yeah. That's what we said before. But like John Miller Jr. said, if you love it, put a ring on it. <laughs> <coughs> Suddenly there we're in Beyonce territory, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> that's right. Anyway, that's pretty cool. I okay. always loved uh, the look of uh, Saturn with the rings. Now, let me ask you something for this next story, Craig. Do you yes. watch streaming TV or, or, or any content like that with closed captions turned on? I do from time to time. It depends on what it is. Sometimes the audio mix is a little weird, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, what did they just say? A so lot I of times the audio mix is a little weird. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Well, well, lots of times. In order to try and I make do. this show a little bit more respectable, we thought an article by the Wall Street Journal might help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which uh, says yeah, that... Yeah, that'll there's... raise our... Uh, our, our uh, yeah. I'm profile. sure we'll get somebody now. Uh, they say that in a survey of about 1,200 Americans, 70% of adult Gen Z respondents, which is ages 18 to 25, and 53% mm -hmm. of the millennials, which is up to age 41, say they watch content with text most of the time. In fact, some right. people say if it doesn't have text, they won't watch it uh, for the reasons you gave. Now, in the older people like us, it's generally because of hearing impairment mm -hmm. and uh it's like, honey, can you turn the TV down? Well, then I can't tell what they say. Sometimes people watch it because there's an accent that they don't quite understand. That's a, that's a, also a use case. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's or or the audio mix, like you said. There's a lot of different mm -hmm. reasons, <clears throat> but uh, other people are starting to say we like that there because you can you know you can you can pay attention more to what's happening. If you can understand the dialogue, I, and and I completely agree, it's like the best of both worlds of reading a book and watching TV at the same time. <laughs> well, well, sometimes I, it gets aggravated, especially Why? an action movie or something. I'm trying to watch the screen. I'm not going to try and read too, but however, I do think that this uh, the survey is spot on because uh, I actually was sat down and Harrison had turned on the. Um, the closed captioning, not only on Netflix, but on our Hulu app. I'm like, why is this on? And I went, oh, it's because Harrison was watching. So yes, he turns it on all the time. Of course, he's a quick reader and he can like scan the line and be looking at the screen again. I'm like, huh, what? <laughs> yeah, trying to read it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, but yeah he does that. So I, I, I have it on cool. almost always, always. I, I just think it's, it's a much richer experience to have it there. Uh, I don't know who we'll talk more about what we're watching later in, in the hand me the remote section. I already put that up there. 
Oh, did you? I'm yeah, sorry. you got to watch while you're reading. I was looking at the article. You, you can't talk. I, I, see, Netflix I'm trying to read play- and see the action here. Come on. Yeah, the action on this show and, and the audio <laughs> mix is terrible. That's right. That's right. Netflix has actually uh, started to put in some interesting play-by-plays. They've got uh, in Stranger Things, there was a subtitle uh, with the description. It says like tentacles squelching wetly. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. I did see some of those um, somber music, you know, <laughs> or, or mumbling angrily, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, so, what? Okay, that is they're making funny. it interesting. They're making it interesting. So yeah, it depends on what it is. Sometimes I don't want, I don't care. Other times, as uh, Michelle said, is that uh, like the music's loud and the mix is weird and you know stuff like that. But, you know. Which I, I'm seeing an increasing amount of bad audio to music mixes like it's it's bed music people i shouldn't i shouldn't have well to, you know, without the captions i would be suffering at this point and it well just, not everybody has the same sound system so when they mix these for the theater or for a generic mix it, you you think they could get pretty close but i think that sometimes it's set up for different you know i'm watching setup. something produced by netflix for netflix you think that it was you know either you know, 5.1 would be pretty standard. <laughs> By now it should be, yeah. Okay. That's that's all that's we got to say about that's that. That's all I'm saying stuff. is I think that the mix. You know what? Uh, I'd love to see here, talk to somebody like from Skywalker Sound or something like that and see what their thought process is when they do that kind of stuff. That'd be awesome. We also have another article about space, surprisingly enough. The Hubble captured two galaxies that look like they're merging, but this is where things get a little deceptive in space because they're actually quite distant apart. Mm -hmm. It says that a new image from the Hubble Space Telescope beautifully illustrates why astronomers need to be so careful about distance in space. Over one billion light years away, two galaxies float in the darkness, beautiful, (laughs) golden, snail-like spirals, seemingly caught in the act of colliding. They're named... Oh, get these names. They're beautiful. SDSS J115331. Oh, man. And LEDA2073461. Wow. And it gives Romeo and Juliet a run yeah. for their money. And in spite of appearances, <laughs> they're not interacting at all. One is in front of the other. I'm not sure how you actually tell that. It must be from the gravitational interactions that aren't happening. Yeah, it's not like you can change your perspective and yeah. look now at Now you it stand different. over here and the other yeah, one's yeah. on the left side. Yeah. Yeah. No. It does look like they're bumping into each other. Yeah, here, huh. me, I'll, I'll put a lovely picture on the screen for the people that are watching along at home. Share screen two. Done. So, yeah, pretty there cool. Yeah, we can even blow that up. Get that back. Well, in other news, I wanted to put in here that a C, the Hubble is still serving a purpose. That's part of the reason I wanted to put this article in here. Look, and Hubble said that the galaxies are moving away from us, but... You can tell. Look. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Dad humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, be. it's it's geek dad humor because he's using the screen zoom on his computer. I love anyway. trackpad gestures. Yeah. Very handy when you're trying to draw attention to something on a video or a live presentation. It's like, look over here. Instead of yeah. waving your cursor around crazily and like, nobody sees you know, that. I think on I do like that on the Mac as the uh, doing the screen zoom, like 
you go, oh, yeah. here, and you go, you know, you, all you do is say here and you hold on like control or something and zoom in. And then I uh, just do a pinch zoom on but, the trackpad. No, not that. I, I'm talking, that's a browser zoom. I'm talking about like oh. a screen, but I, I don't think zoom actually picks up on the brow on the computer. The right, OS right. It doesn't, zoom. it doesn't on most other apps, but most of what show, I do is I did that one day and, and somebody said, what are you looking at? I'm like, what? Oh, it is. <coughs> Oops. Sorry. It didn't zoom. Yeah, that's that's why I don't really care for mice. Oh, great. On we got our first we got our first complaint for a night. Getting nauseated. <laughs> it's not the first time someone's been nauseated by this show. I know. All right, let's go on to the hacks and strange stories then. If that made you sick, jump right in. So scientists are trying to use AI to teach a robot to laugh at the right time, not just. What, how to laugh at the right time, but teach it to use the right laugh at the right time. Yeah, you want, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I, I want, I want, I want, ha, uh, ha, ha. yeah. And then, so like, and then my brother, so- and then my brother left his key on the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, wrong laugh. <laughs> I was thinking more like uh, in the vein of Berserk, the video game. Ha, 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 ha. You know, that I don't think it had laughs in it, but that's what I imagine it'd be like. <laughs> so uh, there's a team that's using a, a a laughing robot called Erica, and they're putting in some conversational AI. And they say that you know it's important for human robot interactions. And and at the bottom of the article, they're like one of the things I I keep in mind is that the robot or algorithm will never be able to understand you. Right. Points out Professor Sandra Wachter uh, uh, of the Oxford Internet Institute. Uh, it doesn't know you. It doesn't understand you. And it doesn't understand the meaning of laughter. Well, that sounds like a lot yeah. of people I hang out with. <laughs> you know what's, you know, what's, the reason this, uh, this small story uh, caught my attention is because um, a while back I did um, some fan fiction uh, audio for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And it was about the, origins of Marvin, the paranoid or the, you know, the paranoid robot. And part of it was, it went through this whole thing about the history of them building robots with personalities, with genuine people, personalities. Mm-hmm. And one of them was they tried to teach humor to robots and the scientists thought they failed and just moved on. But the robots actually got the humor, but didn't think that they, they were funny. So they, they thought they failed. Ah, so they understand Technorama perfectly. <laughs> and we think it's funny. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> ha ha ha. Or like the, the aliens on Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. What was the next story up? I'm glad you asked. We uh well, before we go to the next story, we want to give a shout out to the chat room. You know, we really need some shout out to the chat room music. I'll have to find some. I know. I, or I'll make some. Ooh, make some. It's even better. But until we get that, if you're interested in joining this hilarity and laughing along yeah. with yourself at home right. with us, mm-hmm. you can do so Sunday nights at 930 Eastern time. We'd love to have you. You can watch us on Facebook or and or YouTube. I wonder if anybody watches on both. Hmm. Never thought um, before. I don't know about both, but I do see people on both of them. Just search for Technorama Podcast on either Facebook or YouTube, and you'll figure out the rest, you know, with the subscribe and the likey thing. Never mind. Uh, Just join our page. 
get notified. Sunday nights at 9.30 Eastern is usually when Craig and I hang out, unless there's a personal or family commitment or business trip, whatever. But I don't see any of those in the near-term forecast. So uh, the uh, the Technorama forecast for October yeah. looks good. It's purple. It's clear it's purple. and sunny. Okay. <laughs> Just suddenly a weather map shows up behind I, me. I was remembering the uh, the little intro you did a long time ago about the the weather for the internet. We got a router back up on. No, that was a traffic report. <laughs> traffic report. I'm sorry. It was a traffic yeah. report. Still, it doesn't matter. That was funny. If you're taking port 22. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of weather, if anybody is impacted by the hurricane in, in the Caribbean, it's blasting Puerto Rico right now as we record this. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Best wishes for all of you. Hope everybody stays safe and your families are okay. So, and, and if you're in the path of that, it looks like it's going to miss Florida and the East coast. So hopes and prayers that that all works out yeah. for everybody in the minimum impact But man, Puerto Rico just keeps getting I know, hit after. I know here, day. you know, we're always like, uh, what's going to happen. And you're we, pretty far inland though. It's rare that you get blasted. It's rare that we get, um, blasted, but, uh, you know, we, well, Hugo came through in 89. That was, I know it was a long time ago, but, uh, so it is kind of rare, Hugo but. Hugo is. 80, no, Gil, you're right. Hugo's 89. Gilbert was 87. 88. Gilbert was Yeah, and it actually came right up the middle of South Carolina and right into my town. Well, Hugo terrible. went right up into Michigan and still had a lot of force. Yeah. Blew oh, a yeah, car yeah. off the Mackinac Bridge. I think I think the thing about Hugo is it it was one of those anomalies that sped up, so it kept a lot of its strength. As it, yeah. It, it's hard, land. though, it when terrible. they get over land, though. They lose a, a lot of the energy. Yeah, so, so you even... I know surprising. John Miller Jr. should know. He, was, he lives here. Um, he was... Yep. Impacted. I know my dad's, my dad was upset because I was driving his car. I was at my friend's house and a tree fell over on it. All right. Should we go on to remember when? (laughs) Okay. Kill the banner. All right. I'm killing it. Kill the banner. We're going to do the happy go lively music. All right. In the remember when section, we have a wonderful article about, oh, this is the name I had to rehearse. There it is. This is a woman who was behind the scenes of a Nobel Prize winner and is finally getting credit. We love these stories. We absolutely love them. Let me just read you the first paragraph. Scientists have long studied... This is from phys.org. P-H-Y-S. Scientists have long studied the work of Subramanian... Subramanian... See, I can do that. Subaru. Anyway. Chandrasekhar? Chandrasekhar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the Indian-born American astrophysicist who won the Nobel Prize in 1983. But few know what his research on stellar and planetary dynamics owes a deep debt of gratitude to an almost forgotten woman, Donna Deet Elbert. Yeah. So from 1948 to 79, she worked as a computer. Now, this is before we had the electronic computers to do a lot of these mathematical yeah. functions. A quote-unquote computer. No, that's what they yeah. called the people. The people know, who did these computations yeah. were the computers, and they right. named the electronic equivalent after these people. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, right. what should we call these numerical analysis machines? Well, yeah, what do we like call the, the people? NASA. In the... Exactly. We were watching, yeah. What was the uh, the, the movie? Oh, Hidden God. figures. <laughs> yes, and they, they referred to everybody as computers. Right. So, very smart woman, doing a lot of this stuff. The, the main thing she was uh, noted for was how planets get or maintain their magnetic field. What it takes for a planet or a, a, a star to have a magnetic field. Because there's all kinds of internal heat and fluid dynamics and just different 
different things. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff that she had to figure out. Now, it was his theories, and I'm sure they worked closely together, but she really did a lot of the, the legwork to get this thing off the ground. So. Yes, right. Well, that's what I wanted to I wanted to highlight this article because of, uh, you know, one women in science, math, uh, they've done a lot in the background that mm-hmm. they don't they don't get the credit that they they deserve, and um, and it's also one of those great stories that there's always somebody in the background that uh, helped propel other people. Let me find. There's somebody building on her work now. It is uh, Suzanne Horn. So it says, Albert's achievements, before anyone else, she predicted the conditions argued to be optimal for a planet or a star to generate its own magnetic field, said the scholar. Suzanne Horn, who has spent half a decade building on Albert's work. Now, Horn and UCLA professor of Earth, Planetary, and Space Sciences, Jonathan Arno, Orno? Arno. It's <laughs> A-U-R-N-O-W. Uh, excuse me, N-O-U. Uh, yeah, have Arno. published a paper. I like the title of this paper. Proceedings of the Royal Society A, <laughs> in which they present the newly named Elbert Range, which details the predictions about the range of combinations that rotation, convection, and magnetism may assume to best generate a planet-wide magnetic field. Very cool stuff, because if we didn't have <clears> a magnetic cool. field, we wouldn't be here. So she, yeah. uh, Elbert passed away in... Uh, 2019 at the age of 90. So wow. she hopes, uh, Horn said she hopes the work she and Arno have undertaken to refine and expand upon Elbert's original predictions provide a fitting, if belated, tribute to Elbert. So very, very cool. cool. And there's more details in here about the Elbert range if you want to read them. You can go to show 686. 686 sounds like an Intel processor. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> Sort of. Was I should have put episode I six eighty six. That sounds like it came from Apple, right? Uh, it, yeah, you can find episode six eighty six at chuckchat.com slash technorama. Ding ding ding. There it is. Yeah. So good stuff. Thank you for finding that, Craig. You're welcome. And that means it's time for the patrons. All right. We're not playing the new version. We're playing the one we usually do. <laughs> found out. Right. Found a uh, song on Amazon. I plugged in some music. It said dubstep, and up came a song by Cell Dweller. Uh, what was it called? It, it, it was it was basically their version of Imperial March. Oh, yeah, uh, you don't know the power is what they kept saying. It was a lot of fun. Of course, great yeah. song. A lot of a lot of power in that song. I said, hey, we could have a new Patreon Patreon song, but I'm sure Cell Dweller wouldn't appreciate it. All right. Let's give a shout out to our patrons. Thank you very much. Alexis Duran, Amber Elstad, Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman. These are the people that give us as little as a dollar a show to help keep this show running. Whether it is or, post- as, or as much as $600 a show. I'm just kidding. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Yet. <laughs> Yet. 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 We, hey, we, we, we're cheap, you know. But Maybe we could talk Tim Cook from Apple into that. Uh, ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dandy Man Coyer, Dean Jensen. Thank you, Denise Inglis and Gary Lindros. Thank you, John Clifford, John Noble, Jorga Schrawen, Crazy Joe Adventures, Kyle Nishioka. Thank you, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle. A lot of these people have been donating for years and years. Some have just yep. showed up. Matt Baum, Mike Wills, one of those people that just showed up is our newest patron, Paul Mackey. I have a note from him in just a moment. So thank you, Paul Mackey, for joining the club. Saturday Morning Media, 
Stephen Weshy, Steve Therian, Steve Cody, Steve London, and Tim Cook. Would you like to hear the note from Paul? Yes. He says, I'm an extreme late adopter. Well, not that late. I mean, we only started this about five years ago, maybe six years ago or so. Uh, as far as listening to podcasts goes, to this podcast. Okay. okay, so he just joined our podcast. But after hearing at least three RBT voice cameos in an episode, I figured this must be what the cool kids are doing. Or maybe right. it was over the course of two episodes, I definitely heard you say Gay, Mangan, Brian mm-hmm. Brown, and mm-hmm. Amy Bowen during the back issues from August I listened to. So, yes. Oh. All these people are listening back even further. Uh, the the short story is I bought the house from Men and Gay, <laughs> right? And Brian Brown lived there. Brian Brown the- lived in our guest house for about a year and and change. Well, his was getting repaired. Uh, we Amy's see our, Amy, our buddy. Amy's our buddy. We see her at uh, Dragon Con, and mm-hmm. Jack Jack comes over from time to time. So still keep in touch with a lot of. It's the, about time the for him group. to make an appearance. I think it is. We should get him on the. Uh, on the show again soon. I was just thinking last week, we haven't had a guest in a while, so we could definitely do that. If you want to be a patron, for the viewers, it's on the screen. But if you're listening, let me tell you what it says. Patreon.com slash Podcast. You can do what Paul did. Sign up as little as a dollar a show. We'll make sure you get your name on the show. You get a special episode, which is kind of a backstage pass. And... Occasionally, we'll get you a postcard or something else cool. We right. use the fall the music. And all the postcards, we just send them all out. So. We use the music on the postcard. That's not how it goes. Yeah. So, thank you, everybody. Patreon.com slash Technorama postcard. <laughs> Technorama postcard. What? Technorama <laughs> podcast. Oh, boy. Oh, oh that, that's part of my topic that I've got for Somebody's the, ready uh, to start the work week. For the Patreon show, I've got... Uh, I got a bullet item for that I want to talk about on that. Let's go on to Pass Me the Remote. I've got a couple of shows that I want to tell you about. So I think it's this blue one. Yep, that's it. Here we go. Michelle says, great minds. I, I, I remember a friend of mine about 30 years ago said, you know, when when she heard the phrase, great minds think alike, she responded, and I, I still use this to this day. She says, but simple minds have obvious thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, That's more along the lines hey, of this show. let's start a podcast. Okay. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. I didn't really watch much this week, so it's all you, Chuck. I, I'll all right. Except for uh, continuing to watch She-Hulk, um, continue to watch Lower Decks. Yeah. Uh, we just did a uh, review for three of them in the last uh, Topic is Trek yep. uh, show. Over at thetopicistrek.com. Um, yeah. I will say today, I did watch, uh, um, I had not watched it before. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. I watched uh, Jack Reacher, which oh. which I watched the, the show on Amazon Prime about Jack Reacher, yep. which I think was much better than the movie, but, uh, but it was all right. Uh, you know. Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. He's actually much. Sm- <laughs> Tom Cruise is a much smaller guy. Yes. Than than the character, um, uh, than Jack Reacher's character is. Yes. So in the show, he is a mountain of a guy. <clears throat> Tom Cruise, not so much. Well, if you use the right camera angle, you're okay. 
So I think I mentioned last week that I watched a couple episodes of Untold. There was uh, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist, which yep. is a story about Manti Teo, the football player who got catfished. Uh, only yeah. It was like 2009 when nobody knew what catfishing was. And it really, it messed with his career. And he's the unfortunate victim of this. There's a, another one called Operation Flagrant Foul about a corrupt referee in the NBA. I love these stories because... I somehow missed a lot of this stuff because I wasn't quite in the right lane of that highway at the right time, if you will. So from a historical perspective, it's fun to watch. Uh, I'm sure everybody remembers, you know, when Bruce Jenner came out as Caitlyn Jenner around 2015, there's the whole story. I mean, she tells her story. Uh, and, and in many of these cases, it's interesting because there were, there were a couple of them. They said, look, if it weren't for, uh, you know, Bruce Jenner grappling with these internal questions of identity, he probably wouldn't have gone on to be the Olympic decathlete that he was, which seems, you know, kind of backwards, but Uh sports was his escape. That's what he threw himself into to escape from. And it was like, wow, okay, cool. Uh, So, you know, there's there's one called um, Malice at the Palace, which is about (laughs) the Pistons-Pacers game in 2004. I I just like the, the title. Yeah, there's the, the last one that I watched was the rise and fall of and one, which was a brand that started with T-shirts. They tried to get into shoes, but their first attempt, uh, they signed a 10 year contract with this brand new rookie hire out of high school to uh-huh. wear their shoes. And it goes up and makes this scoring attempt, gets knocked down and breaks his ankle <laughs> wearing their shoes. They're like, we're so uh. screwed. Because they were going to go up against Nike because they were doing really good in the trash talking t-shirt department. They made these t-shirts that had, you know, trash talking like, yeah, you're really that bad. (laughs) Right. Wow. And they they caught on. It was really popular in the 90s. Well, they they went back to the drawing board and they said, hey, what what can we do that Nike isn't? And they discovered street ball, which is basketball played in the local parks and whatnot. And they noticed there were some celebrities emerging from this. So mm-hmm. they took these celebrities and they started building a brand around that. And they made these mixtapes, VHX mixtapes, mix started a tour. These people uh-huh. went out. They're kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters in a strange, different way. Uh, they were very talented. They went on scouting missions around the country and got new talent. And uh, unfortunately, the the brand uh, started to falter. They They got back into shoes and they were doing pretty good. Uh, but then they had some issues. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Interesting stuff though. It's like, wow, I completely missed the, I, I vaguely remember the brand and one. Uh, right. but, uh, you know, crime and penalties was, uh, uh, what was the, what was the one about the hockey game? Was that crime and, pe- it was crime and penalties. Uh, okay. this guy creates, uh, UHL, which is the teams that are right underneath the NHL, mm-hmm. uh, he created a whole team. He he put his 17 year old son in charge of being the manager of this team. And the son, credit to him, he he pulled it together and he got this team. But they were just thugs. I mean, it was. I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. It was mostly fighting right. at this, and that's how they right. intimidated. It was it was the um, was it Davenport, Connecticut? Like the Davenport mm-hmm. Trashers was the name of the team. Oh, well, that's they a were perfect good. name for They it. were good. They beat everybody, but they beat them by pure They literally beat them? They literally beat every team, yeah. 
it was it was a fun show to watch and you're like what in the world how can this even happen and then you right. find out that you know the 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 guy who you know built this team and gave it to his son is associated with the mob so it's like, right <laughs> a lot of these are like yeah wow. it's a great story it's a great story waiting for the shoe to drop boom yeah. there it is <laughs> is that the, is that a twist is that a twist of the story yeah, yeah. so it, 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 it they're long shows some of these are two-parters so you, you're gonna have to invest some time in this mm-hmm. hour and ten is not uncommon for a single episode of these really? but okay. they are really I found them very fascinating just from a historical perspective like where was I when this was happening oh yeah I was raising a family and focusing oh, yeah. on you know you know, where I was in my career at that time. So I wasn't big into basketball. Oh, there's a tennis story, a uh, wonderful tennis story about, um, oh, I can't remember what the name of that one was. That was, oh, Breaking Point. Two guys, that they wanted to recharge. They realized that, um, you know, the McEnroe, uh, Andre Agassi days were kind of passing them by. And they, the the National Tennis League, the UT, I forget what the, the tennis right. league that recruits yeah. these people. They were out finding talent and they found these two guys and one was you know, clearly superior to the other. So they kind of made the other one his sparring partner, if you will. Uh, and they, to the point where they even lived together in Andy's home and he's right. like, yes, okay. Mr. Rock or Rob, Robertson or whatever his name was. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of fun stories in there. And then towards the end, you see uh, Marty Fish is the is the the guy who was kind of second fiddle for a while. He finally came into his own at the age of thirty, which is really late in somebody's career. Uh, but you know, kudos Wait, to him for turning it around. But I hope not. The, just like just like the um, the Caitlyn Jenner story in there. Mm-hmm. No, for a professional athlete, thirty is old. Oh yeah, I know. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but just like the Caitlyn Jenner story, it it's like wow, there is a true hero story in here. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was another one of those, Hey, I don't want to tell people this because if I do, it could be bad for my career and my whole image could be shot. And then when they do turn around and, and do this thing, like Caitlin coming out, it's like, everybody goes, yay, thank you for being brave. And other people look up to you, you know? So it's, it, there's a couple of stories in there, that are like practically tear jerkers in there. So mm-hmm. great stuff. It's called untold right. on Netflix. There's a series of like eight or 10 of them, um, and then I did a rewatch on a show. I may have mentioned this. I don't know if we had the segment in the show at the time. It's called Rise of Empires. Uh, Ottoman. It's about the Ottoman Empire. Right. And the young king in the Ottoman Empire who says, I'm going to take Constantinople away from Emperor Constantine. Because at that time, the Roman Empire in, in 14, whatever it was, uh, was a shadow of itself. They had they had the Eastern Empire was basically Constantinople, and the Western right. Empire was centered around Venice. They had this split, the schism, whatever it was, and uh, Constantinople is heavily fortified, like layers of walls and moat, and just impenetrable. Many many times, it's people tried to sack it, turn back, even. Uh, this guy's father tried to do that and he failed. And he said, not me, I'm going to do it. And uh, it's an eight part, six part series, eight part series. I forgot what it was. Uh, but again, really? again, from a historical standpoint, like, wow, you know, there's, it, it, it could have gone either way at any point. <laughs> and you're going, wow, where was I? Oh, that's right. I was yeah. raising a family. And I not not in the 1400s, I wasn't. <laughs> no, no. 
But Rise of Empires, Ottoman, I'd like to see other Hey, we're not saying you're old, Chuck, but... On, I'd like to see other uh, other Empire shows, you know, just historical stuff. Yeah. I, again, as I get older, I get more fascinated with history. It seems to make more sense. And Well, uh, you've seen everything else. Might as well look back and focus on the history, right? Yeah. How does this relate to today? Oh, certainly oh. a lot. Yeah. A lot of it relates to today. All right. That's what we have for past the remote. Yeah. We do have one question of the week, nothing in the geek library or media corner this week. So no. we are going to wrap it up soon. The question of the week is what villain was terrifying because they were right. Mm. Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He wasn't that's a villain that. though. He was a vigilante. No. Um, Oh, that I would be actually, the Joker then. The Joker was right. You know, I don't think there's as many villains that uh, that thought they were right. Uh, but uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. I, I think um, in the history of films and all that kind of stuff, most of the villains you see are evil for evil's sake. But there's a, there's some that are not. And they, yeah, they think they, they're doing the right thing, but they're not necessarily evil. Like and Thanos. Some of those are the best. Thanos, exactly, is a great yeah. example. When when you hear the argument, you're like, okay, first, you know, you can't kill half the things in the universe. And then you go, well, wait, he's got a point. We're we're kind of overpopulating yeah. everything. So the only the only time he, he really looked like he was uh exacting any revenge is when now Michelle uh, said the same in, thing. <laughs> yeah. At the in 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 endgame, <clears throat> in endgame, uh when there was that kind of final battle. Yeah. I think he was getting frustrated because he can't do the thing he wants to do. And that's when he was getting really angry. But otherwise, he was just trying to do what he thought was right. Yeah. See, see Thanos could have gotten rid of half of COVID. The road to hell life. is paved with good intentions. <laughs> that's right. Anyway. Okay, that's our question. We'll post it on social media again next week. What villain was terrifying because they were right? John Miller Jr. said, uh, Killmonger from the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I don't Thanos know about terrifying, but yeah, it was, he was. <laughs> John Miller Jr.'s got a half glass empty, half, the glass is half full thing. He says, why, why couldn't Thanos just have doubled the resources in the universe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go the other way. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make your planet bigger. No, that would have affected gravity and everybody would have had a hard time. Yeah. I don't think Killmonger was necessarily um, uh, terrifying, but. He was also another one you go, okay, he's got a point, you know? Yeah. So Those are fun. I, I like it when the, the writers, well-written villains like that. Yeah, give oh, them wait, some that dimension. that was in my song. Okay. Never mind. Let's go on to the end of the show then. Play the music. There it is. Hey, want to thank everybody for joining us on live streams, Facebook and or YouTube. We do the show Sundays at 9.30 p.m. Want to see you there. If you want to get in touch with us, you've got a question. Your thoughts on a villain well-written, 707-530-2428. Banner time, Craig. 707-530-2428. No, Bruce Banner was not evil. Oh, you mean that banner. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Text us on that line as well if you choose. Email us, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lots of different ways to get in touch with us on the web, on our website, Facebook, YouTube. You know how. Thank you once again for all the great stories, Craig, for finding those for us. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody who joined us. And until next time, everybody stay safe. Take care. Craig, give us a binary high five. 
All right. 101, everybody. Bye. Thank you.